This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, Shalom Aleichem, everyone. So tonight, we're going to talk about how special it is to be alive. That every moment in a person's life, and to appreciate every moment in a person's life, especially after COVID, especially after everything that's, that's going on, it makes us remember definitely a bit more, but I want to talk about a mission in Pirkei Avos. And the mission says the following. Hu It's Mishnah Chavbez in Perek Dalid. Yafa sha'achas b'tshuva u'b'maisim toivin b'olam hazeh. One moment. One moment. One second. One second. One moment. One hour. Of doing tshuva. And Maisim Toivim, good deeds, Ba'elam Hazer, is nicer, Mikol Chayelam Haba. Everybody, their whole life, they're working on getting into Ba'elam Haba, getting into Ganeiden. And this is like, no, actually, um, this world, one second in this world of doing good things and doing tshuva, will, will, it, it's a little bit out of place, tshuva, right? You would think, the mission would say, learning, and right? Not tshuva. Where does tshuva come into this mission, right? Like, why is, it, why is a second of tshuva worth more than the whole next world? Of course, the main reason is because you can't do tshuva in the next world. And the main reason is you can't do maizim tovim in the next world. Tyra, there is tyra in the next world. Yeshiva Shomayla, don't exactly, you know, if you get credit, you don't. You probably don't get credit there, but... It's definitely Yeshiva Shalmaila, different Yeshiva Shalmailas. The Yafa Shoacha Shokaras Ruach Bailam Haba. One second of spiritual bliss in the next world is worth more than this whole world. So let's look at this mission. Let's split it up. The first part of the mission says, one second in this world of doing good deeds and doing tshuva is greater than the whole next world, and one second in the next world of Karaz Ruach is worth more than all the pleasures of everything else in this world. So there's a very beautiful vart, and, and you know, I speak a lot about this, especially with the kids that I work with and with people that I work with, that there are a lot of people that feel that they're not needed. I'm not a shishiva, I'm not this, I'm not that. They don't feel that they're needed in this world. The the biggest problem when someone feels they're not needed in this world is they try to get to the next world. So a person who has, who feels needed, who feels accepted or feels needed, usually does not commit suicide. Because... And that's why I push a lot of kids that are in depression and they're on a lot of, they're on medicine and they're in therapy and I, I push totally something. What you have to do your medicine, you have to do your therapy, but I push something else and I push chesed because, and, and specifically autistic and Down syndrome kids or kids that are challenged because that kid needs you. And if you feel needed, that gives you a reason to be here. So a person who does chesed, feels needed. And that's what keeps them here. So, 
one second in this world of chesed is bigger. We can't, we can't even, we can't even fathom what this means. You, you want to get into Elam Haba or Ganeidin, whatever it is, and one second in this world of doing Yemilah's chesed is more than the, is more than the whole next world. Um, once asked me, I was a big ball player, stay up at Mir Yeshiva in the gym at night, very late. He knew that I was, played a lot of ball. And he said to me once, Nu Wallerstein, was ist mit deinem Eulam Hase? Then asked him, what's with my Eulam Hase? He asked what's with my Eulam Hase? I said, Baruch Hashem, Eulam Hase is ganz fine. It was good. I was playing ball. Father paid for everything. Lived in Muncie. Central air conditioning. Well, it was great. Went to camp. Had my friends. Ayom Hazel was ganz fine. Ayom Hazel wasn't developed. I wasn't yet developed. I don't think at all. Whatever. So I said to Rosh Hashem, is ganz fine. He says, the lance, the steigs, you're learning, you're steiging. Said that not yet, not really yet. I'm working on it. This is the Lenin is nisht elam haba. Lenin is elam haza. He he didn't look at learning as, as the next world. Learning was learning was this world. I don't really talk about myself, and I don't want to talk about myself. And I'm only telling you this because I I really feel this way, and I think that other people should feel the same way. So someone came over to me two weeks ago, whatever, I helped the girl, whole situation, and they said, Zachariah, I am mamish, I have kina for your Elam Haba. There's other guys in this room that have heard this before. I'm mamish, I have kina, I'm jealous of your Elam Haba. I'm like, what do you know about my Elam Haba? You know what I did as a kid? I don't know, I don't know exactly my what my dinner cheshman is going to be. Uh, you don't know, don't be jealous of my Elam Haba. You don't know my Elam Haba, I don't know my Elam Haba, I don't know. I wasn't such a great tzaddik as a kid. I said, but you can be jealous of my Elam Haza. He says, what? I said, no, I'm not, I'm not driving a Land Rover anymore. I came all the way down to a Dodge. That's not what I'm talking about. I said, when you help someone, when, when you make someone smile, when you take someone out of their pain, it has nothing to do with Ganeidin and Elam Haza. That's Elam Haza. The feeling that you get when you I said, don't be jealous of my Olam Haba. I don't know what exactly is coming down the train, down the pipe. I have no idea. But you want to be jealous of something? You can be jealous of my Olam Haza. Because every time I make someone happy, that's not Olam Haba. It's Olam Haza. The mission is saying that a moment in this world of Gemilas Chesed is worth more than the whole next world. When the mission is talking about is Eilam Hazeh. A moment of Eilam Hazeh with Gemilas Chasadim is worth more. Nothing to do with Eilam Haba. Tshuva is huge. I'll tell you why the mission says Tshuva. Because Eilam Hazeh, the world that we live in, the principle is based on time. Based on time. We live in a world that Hashem created. Time. You can't go backwards. You can't go backwards in time. There's the past and the present, and the future, and continually going from the past to the present to the future. It's continually moving. You can't go You can't go backwards. In this world, you cannot go backwards. So it's brought down that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to create tshuva 
before he created the world. It's brought down that he created tshuva before he created the world because the world is time. Tshuva, you're going backwards. You're going back in time and you're changing what happened. That's impossible. You can't go back in time. So the Mishnah is telling you that one second of tshuva, in the next world you can't do tshuva. You're stuck. Whatever you did, you're going to pay for. And people make the mistake, it's like, well, if I have a thousand Averis and I have a thousand mitzvahs, I'm good to go. I don't want to break all your hearts, but learn Hichel's Tshuva the Rambam. No, you're going to pay. It doesn't work that way. It's not like this cancels that. You're going to get rewarded for your, for your toiv. You're going to get punished for your ra. The toiv doesn't, the mitzvah doesn't knock out the ra. The only thing that can knock out the Avera is Tshuva. So you can do a thousand mitzvahs and a thousand Averis. You're going to get rewarded for a thousand mitzvahs. You're going to get punished for a thousand Averis. So, that doesn't work that way. Everyone thinks, okay, a thousand, a thousand, scales are even, the good scale is up, I mean, Ganeidan, everything's fine. No, we gotta get rid of the bad stuff on the other side of the scale. But, Kurdish Baruch who gave us a not normal present. And I, the Malachim and Shemayim don't have, don't understand why we don't do tshuva. They don't understand it. Because it's like, you could go back in time in a world of time? That's impossible. Hashem said, no, I love my children so much that I'm going to let them break time, which is really what controls the world, and I'm going to let them go back. Not only am I going to let them go back, so I always say over the story, so when I was a little kid, um, we used to, there was no hechsherim on anything. Nothing. I'm going back 60 years. There was no hechsherim on anything. You looked at the, you looked at the, they told you look at the ingredients, and if there's no chazer in there, no gelatin, um, then you put, you're good to go. So most people, you know, juicy fruit and all these other things that are not kosher anymore. Some of them are still kosher. So I was into Cracker Jacks because Cracker Jacks had a present, a, to- a toy on the bottom of the box. So you not only got to eat the fiddle, faddle, and the peanuts, but you got a toy. But I didn't, I didn't know that it was kosher. In that. And one day I was in a store and there was the Cracker Jacks. And I don't know, my friend had just bought Cracker Jacks and he got this really cool present, toy in there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing tshuva. I, I, I bought Cracker Jacks and I ate them. And I knew that maybe I shouldn't have, even though it didn't have gelatin in it, but whatever. Um, and for some reason, I'm in Eretz Yisrael, maybe eight years ago, in Eitzachayim, Yeshiva's Eitzachayim, and I'm sitting there on Yom Kippur, and I'm like, I don't even know why it happened. It was like, remember the Cracker Jacks? I think it was about 14. I was past my mitzvah. I'm like, Hashem, I'm so sorry if I would have known then what I know now about you. A lot of things I wouldn't have done. And that definitely I wouldn't have done. Okay, there was enough food in the house. I didn't have to eat Cracker Jacks. I am so sorry. And I feel very bad. And I admit it. I did Hashava. I did Harata. I did Vidoy. I did everything. Um, I'm sorry for eating those Cracker Jacks. I just, I just wasn't connected to you. I was a kid. I just didn't know who you were. Had I known who you were, Cracker Jacks would not have happened. I'm sorry. Okay. So after 120 years, Balsin's going to go to Shemayim, and the Sultan's going to have all my bad stuff. And he's going to have that day at 11.30 when I went to the store, and he's going to be like, ah, when he was 14 years old, Let's play the video. And you're going to see me, much younger, walk into a store. We're going to have, they have a big video. Three rabbis are sitting there and watch the video. And Wallace, he walks into the store and the Yetzirah, 
he's got he's got the video, he's got the tape, you know, they're playing it. And Wallstein walks into the store and looks around, and there's the cracker jacks, and the eight to her is like, when he was fourteen, watch what he did. And my malach, protect the malach, standing there and saying, like, I can't believe you didn't do chuva. Like, I can't believe you didn't do chuva. And Walsingham walks right past the Cracker Jacks. And the Sutton's like, one second, what, who doc? And he goes, they didn't, they didn't even have Reisman cakes at that time, but I guess they filled that in in the movie. He goes to the Reisman cake, Wallstein, and the guy, the HR was like, he didn't go to, there was no Reisman cakes in those days. I'm advertising for Reisman, right? But anyway, all the other companies, please don't be angry at me. Right? Like, What's going on over here? And Wallstein opens it up and makes a bayway. My name is Zainus with Kavana. And then he makes an alamichia and the satan is going cuckoo. How did they get into the film room? Who did this? What happened over here? Because when you do tshuva ma'ava, not because you're scared they're going to throw you into a barbecue, right? But you tshuva, and we're going to learn about this tonight, do tshuva because you love Hashem. And, and that I didn't really understand who you were when I was younger, so I, I, I didn't appreciate who you were, and I'm really sorry. I didn't know I had a father in Shemayim. I was disconnected. I was a kid, right? And you do me ava, Hashem takes, it's not normal. He takes the avera, cracker jacks. There's no cracker jacks. There's, 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 there's rising cakes, and, and it's Bishul Yisrael. It's not even entomans. It's like Bishul Yisrael. And Alamichia and Bayamanabazainis and all of us are guilty. Like, what are we doing? Mishugam, you could do chuva me'ava. What are you doing? You're not doing chuva. Says the Mishnah, chuva in this world. That's why he picks chuva. In this world, the world of time, Hashem's letting you go beyond time and change everything. One second, you're gonna be in the next world, you're gonna be like, I can't, I, I can't believe I didn't do chuva. That's what the Mishnah says. One second in this world. Rav Nachman Breslov said something, wrote something that just, just blew me away. And I think by repeating it, I've saved a lot of kids. Or it has saved a lot of kids, a lot of people. So Rav Nachman said, we know, the Gemara said, there's, there's nothing, Hashem has nothing extra in this world. Not even a blade of grass. There's nothing extra. Every blade of grass has a malach. There's nothing extra. Not a grain of sand at the beach. There's nothing extra. He created nothing extra, which answers a beautiful kasha, because it says, What kind of, what kind of lushan? What does that mean? Kina takes you out of the world. If you want to say that kina causes you to die, then it should say, Misa. What's this? Takes you out of the world. What's that lashon? And the answer is that what's kinna? I'm jealous of him. I'm jealous of this guy. I want to be, I want to have what he has. I want to be him. But Hashem has nothing extra. Hashem has no duplicates. So if I want to be him, I automatically make myself a duplicate. If I make myself a duplicate and Hashem has no duplicates in the world, Motian, I'm taking myself out of the world. Because Hashem has no duplicates. So even a blade of grass, everybody, there's no, there's not an extra blade. We walk out, every blade of grass is there for a reason. It's a very famous story. There were two tzaddikim and they were learning this. And a leaf fell off a tree and fell on the ground. And one tzaddik said to the other, you see, there is something extra in the world. The leaf is not connected anymore, right? It's dying and it's, it's still here. So like, 
What's this? What's what is it? What is the lushan that there's nothing extra? So the Rav said, let's go look what's under the leaf. It's a famous story. And they picked up the leaf and there was an inchworm, a little green inchworm that was dying from the sun. And the leaf fell on it to, to save its life that it shouldn't dry out. There's nothing extra. Says Rav Nachman. When you wake up in the morning, right, that means that Hashem needs you in His world that day. Because if you were extra, you wouldn't wake up. And a lot of people didn't wake up last night across the world. I don't think just Jews. Across the world, people die every single night. They, they don't wake up. But if, you're, if you wake up, what Hashem is saying to you is, I need you. Now you have to look in the mirror and figure out why. If I'm not extra, and there's something special about me, because if there wasn't, I wouldn't be here, so I try to tell all the kids, there is something special, no matter what you think of yourself. There is something special, or you wouldn't have woken up this morning. A lot of people didn't wake up this morning. Your job is to figure out, why am I not extra? And therefore, when you go to sleep at night, before you go to sleep, that's why the Chavetz Chaim was so into Cheshman HaNefesh, you need to think about, so what did I do today for God's world, for Hashem's world? And if you didn't do anything, get out of bed, I don't know, call someone in Eretz Yisrael that needs chizik because it's in the middle of the night, but don't go to sleep if you have no, you had nothing to do that day, you were just busy on your phone, busy, busy doing nothing, then you got a problem. Because Hashem said in the morning, you're not extra, and you a whole day made yourself extra. I don't know if he's going to give you another chance tomorrow to be special. So that's that's a cheshben anefesh. Every person when he goes to sleep at night has to think about what did I do today? You made a bracha, nayridik. Nayridik to make a bracha. You ever think about you make a bracha? Who are you to make a bracha? Who is Wallerstein to tell Hashem, Baruch atah Hashem, you should be gebench. It's like, it's like the mosquito on my wall saying, you going to work today? Hey, Rabbi, you should be gebenched. And you should be dead because I don't want you to bite me. Like, you're a mosquito. You're a goldfish. That's not even a good comparison for a human being to Hashem. Who are you to bless Hashem? Or to say, Hashem, you'll get benched. He needs me to say that? Hashem says, yeah. Make a bracha before you eat. and Go to the bathroom, whatever it is. So if you made a bracha that day, and somebody said a main, or you said a main, you you put on two, whatever it is that you want to look at, you have to feel that you did something. So I'm going to ask you a bomb question that I asked my seminary. There's a 90-year-old man. He had a major stroke. He's totally brain dead. They did everything. Sonograms, MRIs, CAT scans. There's no brain waves. His body organs are not working. All the machines are keeping him alive. What's his potential? Why isn't, why is he still here? If you're telling me that every human being that wakes up or that's alive, Hashem needs him in his world that day, I ask my seminary girls, what does Hashem need this guy for? He's dead, he's brain dead, he's not even here. And there was a young man who was in a car accident and his liver got severed and they wanted to take this man's liver. 
And they went to a bunch of Rabbonim and they asked if they could take his liver. And this guy who was in the car accident was 21 years old and his wife was in her ninth month. His whole potential was ahead of him. This man was 90, finished Shah seven times, gave a lot of tzedakah, had great grandchildren. He's brain dead, so give him his liver. Nope. Nope. No transplant, no liver. What do you mean it's going to save this guy's life? Sorry, we can't help you. So I asked my seminary, what's his potential? Why, why is he still alive? Like, if everything in this world has a purpose to be here, what's his purpose to be here? So one girl raised her hand, very brilliant girl. She said, what are you talking about? The family is Mavaka So they're all getting a mitzvah because he's sick. And another girl then said, and you know how many people are saying to heal him for him? So even though he's brain dead, his potential is amazing. When, when a Jew has life, potential is amazing. Chesed. Saying to heal him. What just happened, I happen to have lost a friend in Florida, but to heal him, whether they passed away right away or they didn't, nobody really knows, but to heal him, to heal him, that was said for them. So even if they weren't alive, their potential of being in that building, millions of capital of Tehillim was set for them. Jews' potential is, is unbelievable. So every person who's alive, who gets up in the morning, wow. So Moda'ani should be a Shira. It should be, and that's why you don't have to wash your hands, and you, your mouth still smells, and you're in bed, and it's like, you need me today? I can't believe this. I cannot believe it. I, I, you need me today. Wow, what a compliment. The king of king, the master of master, needs every person. I mean, most of you look like you're alive, right? So, so needs every single one in this room. You're all needed. You should be dancing. When you come to davening, uh, you should be like, you need me to make a bracha? To say Baruchu? Say Kriyashma? Me? A human being? Off of the A for nothing? Rima Vesaleya? You should be dancing. It's the biggest compliment. As we're going to see in the Rambam. So yeah, the mission is telling us, wow, one second in this world. It's greater than the whole next world. What a compliment to be in this world if that's the case. And it's greater than the whole next world. And one second in the next world is better than all the pleasure in this world. What you're earning, what you're doing is is, is phenomenal. So yeah, we're going to see the Rambam. Now a lot of people serve Hashem, Meira. We, we grew up in Yeshiva. I'm not ragging on the Yeshivas. But oh boy, I, was, I, I didn't look growing up. I didn't love Hashem. I was very scared of Him. I was in total fear that... Oh boy, they're gonna burn me and fry me and maybe I'll get sick and I'll get punished and that is not the relationship that a father wants to have with his children. That is not what happened. We're going into Tishabov. This is not what happened on Tishabov. I don't think most people understand, you know, it says on Tishabov and it's very misunderstood that I could have took out his anger on Eitzim V'Avonim and not on people. That is very dysfunctional. 
That means a man got angry at his wife, and instead of punching her, he punched the wall. He's out of control. There's something very wrong with him. Or he got angry at his kids, and he's like, I'm so angry, I want to beat you up. But instead, boom, he takes a baseball bat and he smacks it into the wall. That's, that's what, that's what Hashem did. He lost control. He said, well, instead of beating them up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn my base and make this sort of Shimshim Pinkus right in his, in the Safer, in the nine days, in his whole Safer. Chas v'shalom. God didn't lose control, just the opposite. What happened? He said that Hashem saw that Kleisrael was sinning, and they were doing Averis, and they didn't, they weren't worried because they would go to the base of Magnish and bring a carbon, they'd be forgiven. So they would, they were, they were going deeper and deeper and deeper into Avedizara and Shrikasdamim and to everything else. Like, what were they doing? Like, how did they handle doing, they had a base of Magnish? How did you do Avedizara and Shrikasdamim and Gilei Arroyas? You have a base of Magnish? The answer is, yeah, I brought a carbon. There were no Adims, Chata, whatever, I brought a carbon. I brought a carbon. I had to thank Hashem. I brought a shlamim. I did something. Achatos. I did an asham. I did an ayla. Had the wrong thoughts. So they were going deep, deep, deep into Tumah and into Averis. And they were using the Beis HaMikdash as they're out. So Kodesh Baruch Hu said, instead of letting Klai Yisrael fall into the abyss of sinning and of Tumah, I'm going to break the Beis HaMikdash so they can't, they can't do that anymore. I'm going to save them from falling into the 50th level. Wasn't a question of this. Rav Shimshin writes this. It wasn't a question of of anger that he took out on his on on his on, on his base of majors instead of his children. It was just the opposite. So I want to read to you. This is so important. I want to read to you. Parak. I might have done it once before here. I'm not sure, um, but it's the the tenth parak of um, the tenth parak of Hichus Tshuva in the Rambam. And he says the following. And we have to be mechanech, our children, in yeshiva. And as parents, we must be mechanech, our children, in this way. Or we're going to lose the whole door. Al yoimar adam. Hareni oisim mitzvah zatayra v'oisim b'chachmasai. I'm going to learn, I'm going to do the mitzvah of the Torah. And I'm going to be oisik and it's chachma. So that Hashem rewards me. Or that I should get Gan Eden. And the reason I'm not going to do Avera in order that I shouldn't get punished. I don't do bad things because I don't want to get cut off from Elam Haba. He says, it's not correct to serve Hashem for reward or not to do a virus because of punishment. I'm going to give everyone here something to think about tonight. I also did this in seminary. What happens if a if the Gadol Hadar gets up and says that he's, Eliyahu came to him and last night and said that he needs to tell the rest of Klai Yisrael that Ganeiden has no more room. It's full. You could do every mitzvah in the world, learn shas backwards and forwards, you're not going to take a nade. sold out. But, on the other hand, Gehenna is also full. So you can do any avera you want, and you're not going to get punished. So I asked the girls in seminary, how would that change your life? I gave it a lot of thought myself before I asked that question. 
No reward, no punishment. How would that change your life? Now, the reason I'm asking you all this question because this is the Rambam. The Rambam saying, you're not doing it for reward. No, you're not allowed to. So that means Ganadin's closed. There's no reward. But on the other hand, you're not doing it because you're scared of the Klawis. So Gehenim's closed. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. And what would you do then? How would it change your life? And then I asked him if you found that you weren't Jewish, you were adopted, but you didn't agree, would you become Jewish or would you leave it alone? It was a whole, that's not tonight's speech. A whole different thought. Pretty much everyone was like, I'll do something wrong and then I'll, then I'll become a gear. And some said, no, I don't want to do anything wrong. I love what I do. And some said, I don't love what I do. And everyone has their own opinion. But the question over here is much deeper. And Rambam says, no. When you leave tonight, in your head, there's no Gan Eden and there's no Gehenim. Because that's not why Hashem wants you to serve Him. We'll see what He says. A person who serves Hashem this way, who oived miyira, he's serving Hashem from fear. This is not me. I'm not. This is not my opinion. You can look it up. This is not what the Nevi'im want, and this is not what the Chachamim want. The people who serve Hashem out of fear, because they're going to get burnt, and they're going to get punished, and someone's going to die, and they're going to get sick, and they're going to lose their money. He says, that's that's Amaratzis. Vahanashim and women serve Hashem from fear. Vahanashim and children. Because we teach all these people to serve Hashem from fear. But our job is for when they get intelligent and they can think from their on their own, then we need to get them to serve Hashem me'ava. What's the difference? So I was a Rebbe in Crown Heights Yeshiva for 30 years. Eighth grade boys. Kids that not from non-from homes and we were very close. My Talmidim, I took him to ball games, we played ball, I took him out to eat, I took him to matzah factory, I took him for Shabbos. Very, very close relationship. And Mamish, half a block away from Kranai's Yeshiva, was a candy store. And sometimes I was very hungry, didn't have time to bring food. So I would tell them, listen, I'm, it wasn't recess time, because recess I had to be with them in the gym. I'm gonna sneak out for three Mamish, three minutes, get myself a bag of potato chips and a diet and a coke. Whatever it is, you guys behave yourselves. I'm begging you. Don't get me into trouble. The principal walks in and I'm not there. I'm going to get into big trouble. Now that I'm much older, this is what I did when I first started teaching. I was like, you crazy? Somebody would have gotten hurt. We wouldn't have been insured on that. But at that point, I was 23, 24 years old. I wasn't, wasn't thinking of those parameters. So I said, for the next five minutes when I'm gone, I need you to learn Bechavrusa and learn out loud the Gemara. So the principal was all the way down the hall. He has them learning Bechavrusa. He's not going to check it out. Anyway... I have to say that all the years that I did that, never ever got caught. Why? Because my boys loved me. And they don't want Rebbe to get into trouble. I don't want Rebbe to get in trouble. Rebbe's there for me. Rebbe's always there for me. I don't want, not this generation. I don't think, I don't think they appreciate anything you do. But in that generation, at least they did appreciate what you did. So I never got in trouble. Why? They had my back. Why did they have my back? Because they loved me. Now, if they feared me, then if they could get away with doing something wrong, they would do it if they don't get caught. If you, if your whole relationship, your relationship with your parents is based on your fear, your father and mother, so 
if I could do something wrong and they're not going to catch me, I'll do it. But if it's because I love my father and mother, even if no one's going to catch me, I won't do it. Just a very different relationship. That's the Rambam is saying, your relationship with Hashem, you could start off as a little kid when you don't have das. You could start off being scared because how are you going to get a kid? It's so much more work. I can tell you as a, as a mechanic, as a Rebbe, so much more work to get someone to dive into Hashem from love than from fear. And you don't have it, no recess. That's easy. That's easy. No recess. You're not going on the trip. No graduation. Easy. But to get someone to daven because you have to work on him, to explain to him what davening is in relationship to Hashem, I say it's a huge job. So that's why most 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 of us in, in Chinef, we just scare them. So if you do this, you know, you're not part of Klai Yisrael and you're going to be this and you're going to be punished. And I've heard harrowing stories of teachers telling kids, like, I, I know a girl that a teacher said, if you if you unbraid your hair, it was a, a school where you had to have your hair braided, told this little girl, if you unbraid your hair and you walk around with your hair unbraided, when you die, the worms are going to go through your skull and through your braids. I'm like, what? What? So she never unbraided her hair. <laughs> I wouldn't unbraid my hair. Not that I have that kind of hair, but... But she has this picture of God, like, he'll come after you in your grave. He'll get you in your grave. You can't get away. And they make Hashem into a monster. And then we don't understand why kids are off the derech. Hashem's not a monster. It's not Christianity. It's Judaism. He loves us. He loves us more. Another misguided thing. You know, yeah, he loves us if you do what's right. He loves us, you know, my parent loves me because I keep Shabbos. But if I don't keep Shabbos, they won't love me. I hear this all the time. Hashem says, I love you so much. We just learned this Mishnah. I love you so much. That if your life is in danger, you little worm, Hashem doesn't say that, but I'm saying you little human being going to the maggots and the worms, and my Tyra is everlasting, it's fire, you're a piece of earth, but if you're in danger, your life's in danger, my whole Torah is out. No Shabbos. I said, I say this to kids, I'm like, what are you talking about? Hashem comes first. Hashem says, no, I don't come first. You come first. Daichas hakol. You're sick. You have to eat chazer. Chazer. You're sick. You have to eat chal shabbos. Chal shabbos. Hatzala. You come before me. We have this picture like it's all about him. He says to every one of us, the most from Jew in the world, your life is in danger. You kipper eat. Not only that, if you don't eat, it's an avera. It's a mitzvah to eat. And we just had this mishnah. A house collapses, and you don't know if there's anyone in there. And you don't know if he's Jewish. And you don't know if they're alive. You're chayev to take off the bricks and be Machal Shabbos on a fake, fake, faker. If you get to the point, you find the body, then you stop. But fake, fake, faker. So we don't even know if there's anyone in the house. We don't, have the, we don't even know if they're alive. And Hashem's like, on the chance that there's a human being in that house. It's not normal. We, we, we're so not connected to him. We're so, it's such a fear game. It's not. It's not allowed to be. So I grew up in Muncie. Just, just, say, just, think, just so everyone should understand Hashem's relationship with his, with his Bria, with his, with his beings. Outside that, there's no duplicates. 
in the world. I grew up in Muncie, and in Muncie now, and in the spring, you don't see them here. There were a lot of fireflies. These little bugs that light up. They have a tail light. Cute little bugs. So I used to put them in a jar, because I wanted to read under my blanket when the lights are off. So I used to put like 20 of them in my jar. The problem with reading is that they all flash. You see the letter, and then they stop flashing for another second. And you read another letter. They, for some reason, they like sort of flash together. So it didn't really work that well. And I was like, why would Hashem create something that lights up? Remember, you see a firefly, that doesn't mean anything to you. But what's going on over here? A bug that lights up? Human beings don't light up. There are millions of bugs in the world. I wish mosquitoes would light up, that we could whack them at night. Right? They don't light up. Firefly? So, I was a very inquisitive type of guy, and I looked into it. So, it's there's two parts to it. One is a mating call, whatever. But that's not, if you Google, you shouldn't Google. But if you look it up, I don't know if they even make encyclopedias anymore, but if there is such a thing, and you look up the firefly, listen to this. Bugs eat each other at night. I was just in the Amazon jungle. The jungle is very alive at night. We went with a minion. There's a share I gave on it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Hashem is so fascinating. I wish I was on the level of seeing him in a safer. With Shmuel, I don't know if you know this story. I think I've said it here before. But they said it by the Shiva. There was a, there was a Kyle guy there that was like, he was in Yeshiva for like 40 years. And his wife became very sick. And he came to the Shiva and he said, she's stage four pancreas. I don't know exactly cancer, but really bad. He said, I'm learning Yeshiva 40 years. She takes care of the kids. She has the job. If something happens to her, I'm not going to be able to learn anymore. The Shiva has to do a mythos. Now, if you knew Rashmul Burma, that's the wrong word. He didn't do Mifsim. So he said to this Kyle Yungaman, not Yungaman, Altaman, he said, I'm not a Baba. I don't do Kabbalah, and I'm not a Rebbe. He said, He said, So he said, Okay, Rashiva should dab with me. Rashiva has to help me. You have to help me. Okay. He said, I'll try. Two weeks later, two weeks later, there was some kind of trial in Belgium or somewhere, some kind of medical trial, and she was invited because she was stage four. They gave up on her, so they'll try it on her, and half of them got the real thing, and half of them didn't get the real thing. And the mice, uh, the cancer started dying and dying and dying, and the cancer went away. I think five people in the, in the trial Cancer went away, and the rest of them, with the placebo, and the other rest of them didn't make it. So he came back to the Rosh Hashiva. This is the story that I heard. And he told the Rosh Hashiva, I guess he was a little bit of a wise guy, a Kyle guy for 40 years, you know, he could talk to the Rosh Hashiva. He says, Mashma, the Rosh Hashiva, we just got, we just got, we just came from the doctor, and she's clean. Mashma, that the Rosh Hashiva could do mitzvahs. But he wouldn't allow that to pass. He said, no. He said, I'll tell you the truth. I talk a lot to Abai and Rava. That's what he said. I talk a lot every day. To, every day, this day, that day. Abai and Rava, Abai and Rava. I never asked them for anything. He said, I told them that there's someone in Yeshiva that also talks to them a lot. 
and his wife is in danger, could they go to the Kisei Kovayt and, and, and do something? Nishkaven Mir wasn't me, it's Kaven Abay and Rava. I'm not there. He didn't learn the da- do the daf. I hate that word. He didn't do the daf. He was in the Gemara talking to them. That's a very high level. And a lot of people can get through it. I'm just not on that level. But I see Hashem very, very much through nature. I don't even want to call it nature because it's not nature. It's Hashem. That, na- that word nature, mother nature, is apicarsis. There's no nature. It's Hashem. It's Teva. Teva means not outside of Teva. But, but it's all HaKadosh Baruch It's a fingerprint of Hashem. It's Mamash a fingerprint of Hashem. So I'm in the Amazon. And there's ten of us. Because we have to go, we have to have, I would not go without a minion. We're hundreds of miles from civilization. To get where we went, we had to be on a boat for eight hours. I mean, there is just no human beings around. Tarantulas and monkeys and snakes and all kinds of monsters. But I wanted to go to the rainforest because the rainforest is mamish untouched. It's, there's no civilization. And I'm very connect, I like, I like to be connected to Hashem. So we had to bring this mosquito spray that had to have like 80% neat, it's called, whatever, because they have malaria and yellow fever in the in the jungle, and that's not something you want to get. We took some medicine for it, but not for yellow fever, whatever it is. So these 10 Jewish kids, Jewish people, sprayed ourselves from head to toe, eight bottles of, of off and that, don't ask. We had everything. But when you're in the jungle, and it's 95 degrees, and it's 100% humidity, and you're schwitzing, Bugs like you. So as much of this neat that we sprayed, we were getting buzzed. And the guide, who was a interesting story with him, but who was an Amazonian who lived, they live off the earth. There's no cancer. No cancer. There's no fever. There's no doctors. Well, each plant has its own whatever it is. And I asked him, why don't they let it come to America? They don't let, they don't let anything out. But anyway, so we're mamish like getting buzzed. And we come to this tree, and it has this, like, huge nest. And he takes out a machete. Everything's with a machete. And he chops into the tree. There's a million ants. And he puts his hands into the nest. I'm like, he's really sugar, this guy, right? And they, they crawl from his fingers until his shoulders. And then he pulls it out, and he kills them all. He squashes them all. And he takes the blood and he rubs it on his hands and his face and his neck. And I'm tight machine. This guy's like really crazy. And he says, I was the guy right behind him. I was right behind him, even though I was, I'm old and slow. But he had the machete and I'm like, I'm going to stand behind him. The rest of those guys, I'm, I'm behind the guy with the machete, right? And he said, we had another three hours of, of walking. He said, you will see there will be not one bug by me. You guys with all your stuff, with all your sprays. That's for civilization. But Kachoya. No, he wasn't going like this. We're going like this. All of, Nothing. I said to him, what did you just do? He said, those ants, they eat mosquitoes. So when the mosquito spe- smells the blood of the ant, it flies fast away. And we went through this whole jungle, and every single thing, Kodesh Baruch Hu created, that every single thing takes care of the other thing. So the firefly, listen to this, godless. So bugs eat bugs from the back, not head on, like fish. 
So the bigger bug eats the next bug, who eats the next bug, that's the way the world is. The biggest bug and goes down, down, down. But the firefly's blood is chlorophyll. It's very bitter. So no other bug would eat it. It's disgusting for bugs. So if it didn't have a light, read this out, it's not normal. If it didn't have a little bulb in the back lighting up, and how that works, I don't know. It, it doesn't have a battery. It's, they don't even know. They think they know, but they, they don't really know. It doesn't have a battery. How does it light up? Mamish lights up every two seconds. So if a bug would eat this bug from behind, if it didn't have a light, didn't know that it was a firefly, it would spit, the minute it would bite it, it wouldn't eat it. It would spit it out because it tastes disgusting because its blood is, has chlorophyll in it. So the firefly would die for no reason because it's not feeding the other bug. Hashem says, I'm not wasting a firefly. So I'm going to make a light to let everyone know I'm not edible anyway. Leave me alone. I told this to, to kids. I'm like, you think he doesn't care about you? He cares about a little bug that it shouldn't get be eaten for no reason. So he creates a miracle, a nice nifla. Cows don't light up. Butterflies don't light up. Nothing lights up. A miracle for a little bug that it shouldn't be wasted. And you're scared of such a God? It's all about him punishing you? It's not about him loving you and caring about you? Yes, we have people go through pain and things like that, and we don't understand why. But if I know you love me, and I know you care about me, then you can put me on the anesthesia, I trust you. Don't put me on the anesthesia if I don't trust you. I think you're going to cut me into pieces. I'll go to sleep, and you'll put me to sleep, and I'll trust the doctor that he cares about me. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to be, I won't be able to do anything. I'll be laying on that, on that operating table, and I can't do anything. I can't defend myself. This guy could chop my head off. He could take my kidneys and sell them. I don't know, right? So I trust him. But what do you mean? He's cutting you open. He's cutting you open, and you're going to be sick for a week, recovering, and they're putting tubes in you. Why are you allowing that? Because I trust him. That he's doing it for my good. And you don't trust Hashem? When Chatz Hashem, yeah, there might be a surgery. And there might be this and that and the other thing in your life. You don't trust Hashem. You trust this human being. You trust the pilot. You don't know anything about planes. You don't know anything about flies. You didn't go to physics. You didn't learn physics. You trust the pilot. You don't trust Hashem. Who cares about a firefly? Who, who has forests in the world that you'll never see? Where every animal is taken care of, that it has its food? I learned that Pasuk in the Amazon. We think L'cholcha is a human. Every single thing had food. Baruch Hashem, the piranha, I wasn't their food. They're kosher. Interesting kosher fish. Everything is taken care of. Everything has food. So what the, what the Rambam is saying, and I'm going to read it inside... Stop with the fear. By the way, year is not fear. Year is awe. If, 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 if the, a gadol adol walks into this room, I'm not scared of Ham's going to hit me, but I'm in awe of Ham. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be like, I don't know if I can even talk to him. It's not fear. You're not scared of him. He's a tzaddik. He's not going to hurt you. But you have, you're, you're in front of a tzaddik. You have awe. Even Chatzon, the havdol, in front of a president, you have awe. You're scared of him. You're in awe of him. And silly people are in awe of ball players. 
Like, oh my gosh, I know someone, one of my Talmidim, for his bar mitzvah, he asked, Patrick Ewing was the big ball player for the New York Knicks, and he said he's going to take a ball, and he knows when the Knicks were coming from a playoff game, and they're going to get off the plane in Kennedy, and he's going to, when they get off the plane, they're coming out of the gate, he's going to ask him for his bar mitzvah if he could sign, if he can autograph the ball. I'm like, what are you doing? But they weren't from kids that I was teaching. I'm like, okay, he got Patrick Ewing all over his walls, on his roof, all over the place. Patrick Ewing was his goddamn center for the New York Knicks. He was in awe. He said when Patrick Ewing walked out of the plane, he couldn't breathe. Was he scared Ewing's going to beat him up? No, he's like, oh my God, it's him, it's him. Never. And he took the ball out and he said, sir, it's, uh, Patrick, it's my bar mitzvah. Could you sign this? And Ewing said, I don't, I don't autograph for Jews. I said to the, it's, it was one of my biggest Talmidim. I said, yeah, take him off your wall. Take all that stuff off your wall. Don't be an awe of a ball player. First of all, who gave the ball player the ability to play ball? Hashem. So be an awe of the creator. Be an awe of the creator. I taught a, I went to teach a class in, um, I'm not going to say where, whatever, a girls school. Very cultured. From, but very cultured. Very into culture. And I was supposed to come on a Wednesday. And they called me up. Oh, they made a mistake. They're going to the MoMA in Manhattan. They're going to the Museum of Art. Museum of Art. So I should come the next day. Okay? I came the next day. 12th graders. 12th graders. I walk into the room. I said, so how was the MoMA? The MoMA. I said, Rabbi... Wow, we saw amazing things there. I said, you think I should go? No, no, chas v'sham, this sculpture is not dressed. No, no, not for you. It's not for you. There's, there's not clothes, men and women and, and pictures and paintings and oh. I'm like, oh, it's okay for you? Because the Goyim said it's culture. So it's not znus, it's not, it's, it's okay, shmir senayim, because it's culture. I said, I can't believe they took you to this place. I can't go, but you could go. Because of, I don't want to use the word from my mouth, right? Okay. I gave my most, I say what's on my mind. I got into trouble because the school was very angry that I attacked their culture, whatever. Okay, they never invited me back. Fine. No problem. So this one girl said, Ray Wallstein, I know you're probably not happy that we went there, but I have to tell you something. There's a painting. This is, I'm going back almost 30 years probably. There's a painting of a farm and a lake. And the the painter captured the reflection of the cows, of the barn, of the sun and the sky and the clouds in the lake. She said, I never in my life, I thought I was looking at a lake. It was absolutely fascinating. If you could go and not see all the other stuff, it would blow you away, Rabbi Wallace Blow you, that's what she said. It will blow you away. I said, I'm really sorry. I know a little bit about art. And the copy is not worth anything. It's only the original. So I would go outside and look at a lake that Hashem created. The painter made a copy. Big deal. A lake with a reflection? Who made the lake? Who made the cow? Who made the reflection? You're so, you went to a place and you paid money to see a copy? I said to the girl, I said, when was the last time you went outside and looked at Shemayim? Or looked at an ocean? And said, oh my gosh, 
Look what Hashem painted today. When's the last time anyone walked outside in the morning and saw a blue sky or, or a sky with clouds and said, wow, look what you painted. No, but if someone painted it, it's like amazing. So another girl, they're very smart girls in school, they said, Rabbi, Rabbi. She, she's not in awe of the lake. She's in awe that the human being was able to put that on canvas. Hmm, she had me. I said, really? And how did the human being do that? Eyes, hand, coordination, brain. How did the human being, what did the human being use to color? Oh, ink or colors, red, blue, all the different colors. Who created all that stuff? Human beings just a copy too. So, and, and, and I, it's late, so I'm, I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna go into the Ramah, I'm gonna read it, Taka, from inside. This is all he, this is what he's talking about. And, and if you have that relationship with Hashem, it's a love relationship, your Torah, your Tfilah, your Chinuch, your life, will change so drastically. Instead of, I have to do this, I have to do that, why do I have to do this? How do you know? How do you know? What do you know? No. It's like, wow. I woke up this morning. He needs me. And I go to sleep at night. Every night I think about what I did that day. And sometimes I'm not so happy. I didn't do enough. I didn't call this one back. I didn't do that. I told this person, yeah, you, ha- you have to do a chesh and because you want to wake up tomorrow morning. So I want you to need me, Hashem. I want you to need me. And and that's really, I don't have time, it's so late. That's really what happened in Shir Hashirim. I'll just read it to you. It's Mamish, what happened in Shir Hashirim. It's all, it's not Wallerstein. This is not my Tyra. This is not my Tyra. Shir Hashirim. Shlomo Amalekh. I cry when I, I usually, when I say this, listen to this. Perak, hey. This talks about Hashem. Basi Lagani Achaisi Kala. I came to my garden. My sister, my kala, that's what he calls us. Where do we deserve to be called Hashem's sister and kala? I come, I have wine, milk, love, honey. And we say back to Hashem, I need Yashena. Sorry, I know you're knocking on the door, but I'm sleeping. Now, this is very deep, as we know Shir Hashem is. It's not a door in a house. It's your Yetzir Toiv, it's, it's Hashem, it's when you have that feeling in your heart, in your soul, that, that I'm connected. And I really should change. I really should change. I really should come down time for davening. I should really be careful with this. I should really ch- treat my wife differently. I should really change because I know Hashem really loves me and I know you're there. And it's just a fleeting thought. Just a fleeting thought. It doesn't last. Hashem's knocking on the door. I'm here. I love you. I love you. I'm bringing you all the goodies. And we're like, eh, I need a Shana. I'm sleepy. Ah, but we'll leave you there. Every Jew's heart is always, 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 no matter what kids I meet, no matter how far off the derech, no matter where they are, every Jewish heart is awake. You might be sleeping, the rest of you might be sleeping, but a Jewish heart is always awake. Daidi daifik. Hashem is knocking on the door. Hashem says, oh, this is so sad. It's so sad. 
Piskulini, open the door, I see my sister, I see my friend, Yoinasi, my dove, Tamasi, please. Hashem says to each one of us, open the door in your soul. Shiraishi nimlatol. My, my, my head is dripping with tal. I, I want to give you some of this. Sorry, God. Peshayati is katayati. I'm not dressed anymore. Echel Boshani, you want me to change my life? You want me to change my whole life? You want me to get dressed? I can't get dressed anymore. I can't change. I'm too old. I'm too deep in this. I can't. Rachatzti is raglai. I washed my feet. Now you want me to get them dirty? You want me to do the work? Okay? But then you want to do tshuva. And then you need Hashem. So you're like, I need your help. Kamti, I need Leftoilach Ledoidi. You jump up, you're like, God, I need you now. And I touch the door and I feel, this is what Shirashirim is saying, when Hashem touched the door, so there were spices and smells and perfume, and now I touch the door, even though he's not there, but I touch him. I'm still touching him. I'm touching what remained of him. That that little bit I got on Yom Kippur, that little bit connection that I got when I was a kid, the little bit of connection when the Rav was speaking, I got something. I don't really have him yet, but I have something. He's touching the knob and... His fingers touch it. Anyway, I'm looking for him. to see you and I can't find him. I'm calling to him. And he's not answering. Wow, did we go through a year. Wow, do we feel that we're calling him and he's not answering. Why do we feel like we're trying to open the door and he's not there? What a year and a half. So Shlomo Melo says, what do you do? What do you do when you feel like, too late, I opened the door too late. He says something beautiful. He says, what do you tell Hashem now? After COVID, after Florida, after Stalin, after Marone. What do you tell him? What are you going to say? If you have something, Hashem said, we just went through COVID. We lost Sadiqim, Gemilech, Southern people from the Holocaust. The biggest people. We lost the biggest people. You opened up the paper and you saw we lost the Gedalim in Tyra and in Meisim Taivim and in Chesed. And so much suffering and separation and not being able to be in shul. And it's not, I talk about, it's not a punishment. Get past that already. Not a punishment. Hashem had never had Chayisro learning so much Taira. Hashem never had so much Gemilas Chasadim. Hashem, Moshem Etzkesini. Hashem never had Minyanim every 15 minutes, 24 hours a day. Hashem never had so many Minyanim. I grew up, people were talking in Shul. Today, people are not talking in Shul. Maybe a little bit. So people, so again, I'm not, I don't know what Tzadikim and who said what didn't they say. Because some weddings in Flatbush were too big because of Shaitl. Come on. He's not that kind of God. He's not killing us off because of a shaitel. Yes, we have to do tshuva. We have to get better. I'm not saying that. Stop beating yourselves up. He never had a generation. Never. Never. Talk to real Europeans and ask them, how many people in their town knew how to learn or finish shas? You were lucky if the rabbi finished shas. You think in a town in Poland, the whole the whole place finished shas? 
They used to learn Mishnah between not, not nothing wrong. They were working, whatever it is. There was no there was no shas. Today, fill up a, a stadium with people finish shas four times. The, the amount of Torah on Torah any time, never so much Torah. Chesed, twenty four seven, anything. You need children, there's a chesed. You need burials, there's a chesed. Cancer, there's a chesed. Down syndrome, autism, whatever you want, there's a chesed. There's a gamach. It's not normal the monies that Christ was giving to each other. So you think we're worse than we ever were? No. So what's going on? What's going on? It's with the Mashiach. The Gemara says, what all of a sudden we forgot the Gemara? All of a sudden no one knows the Gemara. The Gemara says, in the times of Mashiach, chutzpah, of children to parents. Parents won't even talk to their children. They're going to have chutzpah against Rabbanim. It says everything. There's going to be disease. If oil's going to go up. Well, it's going up right now. Right, the Gemara says. Everything it says happened. I know people in the Holocaust are like, yeah, yeah, Mashiach, Mashiach. When we were marching and everybody was dying, we said, Mashiach, Mashiach. He didn't come at 70 years later. I was like, yeah, that was one part of Mashiach. Was 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 uh, the the Geigel Magog War, the World War Two? But there were a lot of other parts that you didn't have in your generation. Chutzpah and all the other things that it says you didn't have. So Hashem didn't bring it all in one shot because we couldn't handle it. So the Holocaust this year was part of Mashiach, and now we're going through the other parts of Mashiach. And yeah, you know what? Tanoam, who could do Tchiasa Mesim, said we don't want to live then. Who are we? Like, come on! I can't do Tchiasa Mesim. I'm not a Tana. They didn't want to live through this, and we have to. Yeah. So this is all part of the master plan. Don't beat yourselves up. Yes, we all have to get better. Don't point fingers that people were talking too much in shul. People talk less in shul today because of whatever reason than they ever did when I grew up. Come on, are you kidding me? All the people who talk, a little bit. Does the phone go off by accident? Everyone's like, he's Chayef Kareis because his phone rang. A little bit cuckoo, yeah. The guy didn't do it on purpose. But we never had so much, so much minyanim and learning and davening and five daf yoimis in a shul a day. Don't beat yourselves up. It's, yeah, it's part of it. Yes, we have to change and we have to do, we have to get better, but that's not what's happening. Alright, so Hashem, so we're all here and we want to talk to you. And we only have one thing to tell you. So what should we do? I did this with my class. Should we ask him when Mashiach's coming? I think that would be, most of the girls in my class raised their hand and said, if Hashem said, I'll speak to you for one moment, what would you ask him? It's a great question, by the way. You should do it with your kids at the Shabbos table. What would you ask him? So one kid will say a new car. And one kid will say a new football. And one kid will say a new shot. Whatever. Each kid. What would you ask him? I said to my girls. And these are 19, 20-year-old girls. I said, what would you ask? You got a moment with Hashem. What would you ask him? So one girl said, I'd ask him why, why, he brought, why the Holocaust. Why so many people have cancer. I got all these questions. When's Mashiach was number one? 80% of my class. Which he wouldn't tell. Yaakov Avinu. I said to them. Sorry, Chishiv Legalis is a case and he took it away from Yaakov, you know, you're good seminary girls, but I don't think that's, that's what's gonna happen. So here it is, and I, we don't have time, I, I, you should all, you should see this Rambam. But I wanna tell you something though, everything, and we'll end with this. Hishpati Eschem Benayz Yushalayim. I swear! I make you swear the daughter of Yushalayim. In Timtsu is Daidi. If you find Hashem, Hashem is not scary, and He's not going to burn you, and He's not going to hurt you. He's a daidi. That's what we call Him here. He's a daidi. He's my loved one. What should you tell Him? Matakidoloi. Shechoyas ahava ani. 
If I have one second to talk to God, I'm not asking him any questions. I'm telling him, Hashem, I'm sick because I love you so much and I miss you so much and I just want you to know that I am so sorry that I didn't open that door. That's it. Now, why Mashiach? Why this? How that? Well, who is your father? Who created you? All these crazy questions that everyone asks me. No, says Shlomo Melech. You didn't open the door when he knocked on the door. You mean, yo spoke for 21 years. And you didn't listen. Yeshaya spoke. And you didn't listen. So now that we're in this terrible gullus, Shlomo Melech says, if you have any brains in your head, the only thing you should be telling Hashem is I miss you so much that I'm sick. I say it every morning after davening. I'm like, Hashem, if I have to be sick, if it's written that last year in, the, in my book that I have to be sick, I only want to be sick in love with you. That's it. You can write sick, but only sick in love with you. That's all I want. The Rambam says, very interesting, Washington, and we'll, I know I say, I always say I'm going to finish with this, but this, I'm really going to finish with this. He says the following, listen to this. He says, about a boy. If I said this, you'd throw me out of shul. But he says it. Yeah, there's reasons. Okay. So, v'kechani ahava haruya. What's this ahava? Right? What is this ahava? She'yahava is Hashem ahava g'dayli. You should love Hashem g'dayli yisera azamaoid. With azas you should love him. Achitei nafshe kshuri ba'avat Hashem to your soul is connected with Avat Hashem. Nimtza shayga b'tamid. You should be thinking about Hashem all the time. Listen to, listen to his comparison. Rambam. If I said this, I'd be in trouble. Ki ilu Like someone who's sick in love. You know, when it, when you see a boy is going out and he loses a lot of weight, a girl loses a lot of weight, you know they're about to get engaged. When she's like, I have no appetite, he's like, I have no appetite. Well, he shows up in Shemr Shabbos at 2 o'clock at night, we know he had a good date. If they were smart, the caterers and the photographers and the musicians would all go to Shomer Shabbos at 2 o'clock minion. Because those guys that walk in, if he's out till 2, got a good shot. Especially if he lost 10 pounds. Everybody loses loses weight when they're dating, and then after dating, they make it back and then some. So he says, He can't get his head out of his love for that woman. Who's shaking my tummy and he's thinking about it all the time. Bamba Shifte when he's sitting. Bamba Kume when he's standing. Bamba Shoshu Eichel when he's eating. Bishaisa and he's drinking. Yasim is there. Tivs Hashem believe I have a shaking my tummy. Like it says, And he says, Shlomo gives a marshal. Kichailas ahava ani. Vachol shirashirim. The whole shirashirim. Mashahu. The inyanza. Is a marshal for this. That's the level. That when you walk into shul, you should have a pit in your stomach. Oh my God, Hashem is in the room. Not, if I don't go to Minyan, then I'm not going to go ahead. I have to be a Minyan. Or I have a streak going that for 30 years I didn't miss. It's streaky. No, that's not the feeling. The feeling is, oh wow, Hashem. I could talk to you anytime. I could walk into shul. You go to a Rebbe. You got to get, you got to wait for four hours. 
You got to know the shamish. You got to give a pigeon. You got to have connections to get to Rav Chaim. You got to have connections to get to this one. You, have, you don't have to have any connections to go to, to speak to Hashem. You walk into shul, no gabai. They're usually not charging you any money, maybe for Rosh Hashanah, but usually not charging you any money. You can walk and talk to Hashem anytime you want. No gabai. He doesn't have a gabai. It's amazing. No protection. Listen, I know the gabai is uncle my aunt. No protection. You just walk in. You come over here and you say, I love you. I'm, 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 I got a pit in my stomach. I'm, I'm in the house with God. It's the Ram. It's not me. It's the Ram, Mom. Okay. So that's what the Ram, Mom says. If you want to look it up, it's in Perak. Yeah, the last Perak, his whole culmination of Hilchas Tshuva is, 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 Adam liyachid and this is where he talks about nature, to connect to a Baruch Hu, through a person's brain and all the other things that Hashem created. By the way, it's not only for the tshuva, it also brings us in Yisaydeh Torah. So that's really, where, that's really what I wanted to speak about tonight and that we, we need to do a little bit of a shift. And right now that we went through this hard time, instead of asking questions and, and why and who and coming up with everything, no questions. Shalom Miller said, no questions. If you look at what he says, he says, we looked for him, we couldn't find him, we went out, they hit us, they beat us. The next passage says, Pateehu, they hit us, they beat us. That was talking about the Goyim and Golas and everything that we're in. And uh, and like after all that, we just like, listen, just tell Kodesh Baruch Hu that I'm sick in love with him. So I think we're at that point in this generation that, yeah, that's all you need to say. You don't need to go make yourself crazy. All you need to say is, Kresh Baruch Hu, I am sick in love with you, and I want to know more about you, and I want to be more connected to you, and thank you for wake that I woke up this morning, and that you gave me another morning, and you gave me a reason to be here, and thank you for the biggest compliment that a person, human being, can get. When I open my eyes in the morning, you need me. Wow. God needs me? That's amazing. I'm going to try to figure out why, and I'm going to try to make sure that at the end of the day... Oh, I, I, knew, I just have to tell you this. I'm sorry. I'm, I know it's very late in the Minion. You have to hear this. I'm ending with this. I'm sorry. Some of you might know him. There's a, a Holocaust survivor. He's 96 years old. He's already 97. He is a chazan. He has amazing energy. Baruch Hashem, he's, his wife's still alive at 95. I'm very into Holocaust. I asked the survivors because I deal with kids who are traumatized, so they're also victims, they went through something, and I want them to become survivors, so I'm trying to understand, like, how did you, like, come out of a Holocaust religious? Like, after all you saw this, and the kids have the same question, I went through trauma, like, what do you expect me, you know? So if I could get their answer, I could help these kids. So I, I'm into that, and I speak to a lot of them. And some of them are not religious, and whatever. So, he, he's no everyday. He stands the Yom Kippur, he's a chazan, he's Baltilla. He stands for three hours. It's, it's not normal. So one day I went over to him because of COVID, we were davening in a tent. I said, I have to ask you a question and I'm not going to go off the derech. So just tell me the truth. After the Holocaust, and they didn't know in Auschwitz and all these places that six million Jews died. They knew they were dying there until they got to the DP camps. They didn't know that so many people died. 
I said, when you found out, the whole family, nothing's around, nothing's left, and six million Jews died, did you have any questions? I said, if you did, don't be scared. I'm not going off the derech. I understand if you have questions. It's, it's not normal. Everyone died. Like six million Jews. You come out of a place. You lost your whole family. You lost your town. You lost your yeshiva. You lost everything. Like, did you have any questions? And he looks at me with his big blue eyes. He says, you want to know the truth, Rabbi Wallerstein? I'm like, yeah. And I figure, okay, here we go. He goes, I had one question. I'm like, what was that question? And he says to me, I looked up at Shemayim when I realized what happened. And I said, Hashem, six million Jews? And you let me live? Why me? What did I do so good? I said, you, you didn't ask why six million Jews died? He said, no, I asked why one Jew lived. The true story. And then he said, and I told Hashem that after 120 years, I will stand before you and you will be proud that you gave me life. And he's 96. He should have a richasim. And he said, Rabbi Wallstein, my great grandsons are Shiva, and this one's in Kailel, and this one's a doctor. And he started reading me off his whole family. And he's like, and I dive in good, no? Mustaf Yom Kippur. Given good. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I'm going to stand after 120 and say, Hashem, you made a good, you made a good decision. That's what all of us need to do. Every single day before you go to sleep at night, because he decided that Hashem decided that he needs you in your in this world, you have to have something in your head to say, Baruch Hu, I'm not asking questions of all the people that are suffering. I'm asking why I'm alive. You know what? Today I helped somebody. I made someone smile. Whatever it is, give it away. Whatever it is, you made a good decision. Because every night your neshama goes to Shemayim. And you want that neshama to stand in front of Hashem and say, you made a good decision. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.